So, title of this message. Trained for the final stretch. Trained for the final stretch. So I want to, um, I like going back to this as our basis. Um, the, the word of the Lord spoken by, through Pastor Gary uh, back in December. It says, get ready to pass over, says the Lord, from what has been to what shall be. This past year has been preparing you by my word and preparing the church for this passing over. It's a releasing and it's a letting go, an exodus of that which has been good in me to something greater in me. And again, we looked up exodus and the synonym for it is an outpouring. Get ready. There's an outpouring coming. It's a sudden and widespread occurrence or manifestation of something. In other words, get ready because something's going to happen and it's going to be good and it's going to be wild and we're going to like it. You're going to know what to do. Keep your eyes fixed. That's what I preached last time on the straightway, not on anyone else in the race or any distractions. Don't let a distraction become an attraction. Amen. It says, you have been prepared and ready by my spirit, groomed and trained for the final stretch. There's where I got my title. We have been groomed up until now and still are. We are groomed and trained for this final stretch. Yes, the home stretch. Hebrews 12, 1 says, you are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses cheering you on. So keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, the pioneer, the protector of your faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured hardship and now is one of those cheering you on to win. If he's cheering you on to win, you know he's going to win. Has he ever lost an argument? No. No. So if he's cheering you on, he'd be the wind beneath your wings. Hallelujah. Fixing your eyes on the finish line, the prize, on me getting ready for you. Your church and your ministry, some of you is going to be ministries. But get ready. Mm Mm-hmm. To pass over into the winner's circle by the broken body and shed blood of Jesus, says the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of grace. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, we're trained for the final stretch. And we have been. Look around. Uh, you know, you think about how many teachers and preachers and, and, and people that, that are working in different ministries and stuff like that in this place. Why? Because there, there needs to be a lot because it's going to be big. It's going to be big. So turn in your Bibles, please. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. New Living Translation, please. Oh, come on now. I'm shouting louder than you're shouting to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremiah 29, 11. New Living. God speaking for I know the plans that I have for you. Says the Lord, they are plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. This is why we're trained for the final stretch. And in those days, 12, verse 12, in those days when you pray, I will listen. Oh, God, hear me. He hears you. Every time. He says, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you'll find me. Verse 14, I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will end your captivity. Come on, I will end your captivity. Come, everybody's going through something. There's always like everybody's got something going on. We all have, but he said, "I'm going to end it." He's going to end it. I will end your captivity. I will restore your fortunes. If you've been ripped off from, out of anything, come on, it could be your health, could be your wealth, could be your friends, could be your family. Whatever it is, he said he's going to restore it. 
<laughs> your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and bring you home again into your own land, your own land, your own house, your own building, your own church building. One that we own. Come on now. We, we have always been pioneer churches. We've always been a pioneer church. Think about it, all the places that we've been, and it's always been increase, 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 increase. And where we left something, we always left it for the better. So we're leaving here. We definitely left this place for the better. Praise the Lord. I tell people we turn this place from, a, from an outhouse to a penthouse. For real. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Uh, in Jeremiah 29, uh, in the message, uh, it's in verse 11, it says, I know what I'm doing. I like that. He knows what he's doing. So you don't have to second guess him. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not to abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. What are you hoping for in your future? Come on now. Turn on your dream machine. Get happy about where you are. And realize that <laughs> you're here. Still here. You made it thus far. And still standing. You're still standing after all this. Come on, y'all. Everybody got that song? Yeah. Amen. And uh, the, the last part of verse 13, it says, Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I will make sure you won't be disappointed. We serve a God that doesn't give us disappointments, but he does give us appointments. He gives us places to be, places to do, places to go. Right? There's an appointment. There's an arrangement. He's like, he's like an air traffic controller. I was over at TELUS the other day, and I ended up leaving here later than I wanted to. And just things were just because. But I went anyways, and when I got in front of TELUS, I ran into a guy I have not seen in about three years who was going right by TELUS door at the same time I was pulling in. And we sat there and chatted for the longest time. Come on, you can't script that stuff because I was, come on, I was running late. I was getting old. You ever get, you know, because I, I like to be on time. And, and I have certain times and, and things where I need to be. Where, and when I want to leave, I want to leave then. So here I am getting a little bit frustrated because I didn't leave on time. I didn't know that there was a meeting that is going to happen with this guy. And we sat up there. We chatted for about 20 minutes in front of Tellus talking about the good things of Jesus. Amen. Right? So, you know, sometimes delay is not denial. <laughs> but sometimes you got to get out of denial. <laughs> it's wet. Amen. So, John 16, 33, King James, it says, These things I've spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have trouble, trouble and tribulation, but be of good cheer. Why? He's overcome the world. Be of good cheer. In other words, he's got it. Don't sweat it. Don't regret it. Just go. <laughs> New Century says, be brave. I've defeated the world. Be brave. Yeah. Amen. Don't let the world sit up there and try to turn you into a chicken. Uh, New Living says, you'll have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And, and I, I don't know who said this, but it's really good. It says, God is, Jesus has guaranteed our success. He's going to personally see to it that the project or the assignment that you're working on will succeed. Amen. Amen. 
Even if you had a few rough spots, you wouldn't worry with failing because you have God's word and he said you're going to succeed. Come on. It makes it easy to have a winning attitude this way because God promised in his word that we would succeed. We are overcomers. In him we overcome any problem this world has. Our only thing is just don't quit. Don't quit. Just keep going. If you fall, fall forward, just like in football. Right? And then take somebody with you. Slap them on the way down if you have to. Sometimes it's good. You're not supposed to. I know. Praise the Lord. I don't, you, know, you know, sometimes you want to get somebody some of your favorite hits. Just don't do that. <laughs> in the message in John 16, 33, it says, I've told you all this so that trusting in me, you'll be unshakable. I like that. And it's sure, deeply at peace in this godless world, you'll continue to experience difficulties, but take heart, I've conquered the world. He said, in this godless world, you're going to have difficulties, but take heart. I've conquered the world. What world? The godless world. He's conquered that. So if he's conquered it for us, and he's with us, for us, and all about us. Mm. So. <laughs> Amplified in 1633 of John, it says, I've told you th these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. I like that. Perfect peace. What is that? Smooth sailing. In the world, you have tribulations, trials, distress, and frustration. <laughs> but be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, and undaunted. For I've overcome the world. I have deprived it of, it, uh, of power to harm you. He has, he has. And what God has deprived, it stays deprived. Don't let it mess with you. Look at it and just say, hey, you, you realize you've been deprived, right? Let me remind you, I've deprived it of power to harm you, and I have conquered it for you. What's, you know, and the, one of the words in there is courage. And courage is the willingness to respond fearlessly, despite anxiety and worry that might be tugging at you. Because there's stuff that's tugging at you. There's stuff that's playing at you. But it says, despite all that, move forward. Keep moving. Don't let it paralyze you right keep fighting first samuel chapter 22 please verse 1 king james first samuel 1 20, 22. praise the lord are you here yeah. okay good good verse 1 first samuel 22 verse 1 and david therefore departed and escaped to the cave of dullam when his brethren and all his father's house heard they went down there to him and everyone that was in distress, everyone that was in debt, everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him, and he became a captain over him. And there were uh, with him about 400 men, plus women, plus children. There's a spirit of gathering that was on David. And there's four types of people that come to the church. And, you know, you really, the, the ones that come in, and like I qualified for all four, <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> and you think about it, when you came to the church, you were probably busted and disgusted with life. Right? But what happened? There was a spirit of gathering that was here, and I never left. And you're here, and you never left. Why? There's a spirit of gathering here. Right? And so 
Um, it says that he became captain over them, and, and there was 400 people, and there was a spirit of gathering on David. In Romans 12, 2, it says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So how did David turn these 400 people into his... These were the people that were turned into his mighty men of valor. And the way he did that was Psalms 34, um, verses 1 to 3 in King James, please. See, you have to renew your mind. We had to, you know, when you started coming here, you had to renew your mind, right? Um, Psalms 34, verse 1. Uh, you had to renew your mind. That's why, you know, we, we, we get you to sow. If you, need, if you need finances, you sow. If you need friends, you become a friend. And, and we're teaching, you know, teaching and training you these things that are opposite from what you, when you came in here. And so it's a renewing of the mind. We're not trying to get you to re remove your mind. We need you. We need this because, you, you know, you, you, you've got gifts that I don't have. I, got, I have gifts you don't have. But together, we, we, can, we can make a lot of stuff happen. We can make a lot of stuff happen. There's a lot of carpenters in here. And with me, I don't carpent. I'm a musician. I don't like to get my hands dirty. My hands get dirty is probably because I fell down. <laughs> Anyhow, David had to, 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 to renew these people's minds. And in Psalms 34, verse 1, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. He's trying to get them to, okay, think this way. Yeah, but, uh, um, you know, uh, um, I'm in distress. I'm in debt. I'm discontented. Ooh, but bless the Lord at all times. Yeah, but you don't know my situation. I know, but I'm trying to change your situation. He says, this praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of him and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. In other words, make the Lord bigger than your situation. Make the Lord bigger than your situation because he is. He's a biggie-sized God. In the New Living, in verse 3, it says, Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. Does that sound like church to me, to you? Let us. Let us. Oh, you can't be an us at home. I know it's deep. You can't be a, you can't be we at home. You can't be an us at home. This is us. Right here, look around. This is us. We're here. What changes people who are in debt, distress, and get discontent? They got a hold of their tongue, right? So uh, I think it was Pastor that said this, control your tongue, control your thoughts, and you control your life, right? What are you saying? What are you saying? Especially when, you know, bills got, big bills come in that totally unexpected. You got mail. Stuff happens to you in your health. You got mail. Got a report. Whose port are you going to believe? Yours, you got mail. Handle it, because I can't. It's too big for me to handle. Amen. So uh, in, the, in the same situation in Acts chapter 2, verses 1, New Living, please. Acts 2, verse 1. In the New Living Translation, it says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. One place. 
Just like this. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, uh, he said to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples in deeds, and, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free, just like we are. This is all about training for the final stretch. And in verse 2 in Acts chapter 2, it says, suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit, began speaking in other tongues or in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. In the Passion, it says, they were filled and equipped. Filled and equipped. Well, equipped for what? Equipped to be trained for the final stretch. That we're getting, think about this, you guys. We're moving. We're moving into a brand new community, someplace we've never been before. And that means that there's going to be new people coming. There's going to be people coming just because it's new and shiny. There's going to be people coming because of a whole pile of reasons. And there's going to be the people that are going to have the 3D situation going on. And you have been trained for this final stretch to welcome these people in. So which means um, we need to get a whole pile. Of, I'm jumping way ahead. We need to get a whole pile of things in order over there. When they come, who's going to do the follow up? Greeters. That kind of thing, praying for, you know, we, we got a whole little community over there. We got to have prayer squads that just go from house to house. Can we pray for you for anything? We've never, we couldn't do that here. We don't have a community here, but we have one and is waiting for us. Waiting, there's a, there's a school, there's a little uh, um, academy. There's a lot we can do there. VBS. We can partner with them and do all kinds of stuff. And, you know, like, they're, they're <laughs> let your mind go because you have been trained for this final stretch. Uh-huh. You have been filled. You have been equipped. You know what to do. That's part of, that, that's part of the prophecy. You will know what to do. And so when the situations arise... Well, they're going to be a rise so you can fix it or you can help people. There's going to be a lot of people there that maybe they don't know the Bible like you do. Maybe they don't know the Bible at all. Maybe they don't know Jesus. But you do. Amen. Come on, you're filled. You're equipped. You got the goods. You got the stuff. You got the stuff that... Those people, think about this. Those people in that, in that 36 Berkshire have been waiting for us. Yes. There's never been a church there before. They're waiting for us. So what are you going to do when we get there? We're not going to go into a hole and have closed meeting services. Open them doors. Come on. Yep. Fling them open. Get people ready. Get our greeters activated. Get our Connect Center activated. <laughs> Don't move too much, Maureen. They won't know if we're talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Okay, Acts chapter 2, verse 37, New Living Translation. <laughs> You're welcome. 
Acts 2, verse 37, Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said unto him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? People are going to come up to you and ask you, man, how do I get out of this situation? What do we do? Do you know what to do? And Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins, turn to God, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ to show that you've received Forgiveness for your sin. You show them that you've received forgiveness so they can do it themselves. Most of those people are going to be so full of condemnation, and you got the goods. You can tell them, listen, listen, Linda, listen to me. I have been forgiven much, and so you can be forgiven much. We start telling people that. We'll be going to two services a day in no time at all. That's all they need to hear. God loves them. God's not mad at them. And he forgives you. What? Come on now. It says, show that you've received forgiveness for your sins. Then you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 39, this promise is to you, to your children, and even to the Gentiles. Unsaved. All who have been called by the Lord our God, then Peter turned and preaching to the, and continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. That's a good one. And verse 41, those who believe Peter, um, those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, in one day, in one day, 3,000 people in one day. Are you ready? No, but we are, we're getting ready. Why? Because we're trained for the final stretch. Hey, make it 30. Let's get real. 30 people come that don't know Jesus. Your mission, be choose to accept it. All right, reach out to them. Don't let them sit in their chair by themselves. Although somebody going over and say, Hi, a smile, right? How, how long does that take? <laughs> I'll wait. <laughs> so, so, and you think about it. Okay, so there's 3,000 people that are added to the church that day. Well, who looked after the church? Who cleaned the church? The upkeep? Who were the greeters? Ushers? Teachers, preachers, ministries of helps, musicians, sound people. Um, Acts 2.42, we're still staying in the uh, New Living. This is good because this is how they started out, and this is how we're... We got a fresh start, you guys. You think about it. We have a fresh, clean slate. A place where nobody has been. No, No other church has been there, as far as I know, anyways. And here we are, getting ready to go there. Mm. Acts 2.42, all the believers, believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. Verse 43, a deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. You've been filled, you've been equipped, an apostle is just a sent one. Expect miraculous signs and wonders. 
when you start praying for these people that come. Expect it. Verse 44, all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property, possessions, and shared money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. <laughs> Could you imagine church every day? Woo! <laughs> met in homes for the Lord's Supper, shared their meals with great joy and generosity. They didn't plan to meet each day. They just happened to meet each day because they were hungry. It wasn't a program we're not going to go there and say, okay, you know what? For the next five days, we're going to have church. No, we're just going to have church just one day. If it spills over to the next day, then it's let it spill. We will deal with spillage as it happens. We're not going to pre-plan this thing because you're not going to pre-plan God. He says, I know the plans that I have for you and me and for this church. He knows what we need to do. So we're not going to sit up there and come up with some kind of a, a program plan. Why would we do that? Sounds kind of religious to me. I'd rather just get into a flow, right? Come on now. Verse 46, they worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Verse 7, uh, 47, all the while praising God, enjoying the goodwill of all the people. Each day, the Lord added to their fellowship every day. That's why they, that's why they had to meet every day, because God kept on adding. Come on. God starts adding and we just flow with it. <laughs> the Lord, each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who are being saved, which means um, there's going to be a lot of people getting saved. Salvation packs need to be re resurrected. Bibles. Although a lot of people have their Bibles on, on, uh, on their phones and stuff. Yeah, so which is good, but that but they got to know what to read. So we have to have some kind of a a little something something for for them to put in their hand so they can look it up on their phone and say, okay, you know what, John, turn to John three sixteen. While you're at it, read the book of John. It's the easiest one to read. So if you want to learn about Jesus, right? Amen. And. It, <laughs> And the Lord kept adding to their number daily, those who are coming. <laughs> I like this. Um, in the Passion, verse 47, they were continually filled with praises to God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord kept on adding to their number daily, those who are coming to life. People are coming to life. They're getting happy. You remember when you first got saved? Oh, my goodness. The grass was greener. The air smelled better. People that used to tick you off, you just sat up there, you want to hug them. And not around their neck. Hard. No, you, you, like, like you, you tolerated everybody. Everything was, everything was cool. Why are you so happy? Well, I know Jesus. Mm. I remember I was working at the dockyard, and uh, not everybody works at the dockyard, as you know. <laughs> right? <laughs> but I'm there, and um, there was a guy that was there, and I really liked him. His name was Chris. And uh, we just got along, and, and he, like he was, a, he, you know, he wasn't saved or nothing, but I was. And so he go up on a smoke break. I go up there with him, and we just chatted, 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 chatted. Then one day he just said, he looked at me and said, "Man, what makes you tick? Like what is with you?" I said, "I got Jesus, man. 
And then he started telling me about all the things that's going on in, in his life. And just he was having a real hard time at home and just stuff, right? But if I wasn't friends with him, if I didn't reach out to him, if I didn't work and do my job, and, you know, because a lot of people at the <laughs> dockyard don't, they, they spend their time hiding, right? And if I would have been like a, a, some kind of a loaf, he wouldn't have respected me. Right? Mm-hmm. So, the Lord kept adding to their number daily, those who are coming to life. I like that. There's going to be a lot of people coming to life. And the thing is, see, it's a two-edged sword. Because the more that they, you know, the more that we do for them, they're going to do for us. But then it's, it's almost like a three-edged sword because the more we do it, the happier we get. Right? And because we're taking care of God's business, God looks after our stuff. Always. Always. Hmm. Oh, glory to God. Let's go to Acts chapter 6, please. Um, Acts 6, 2, New Living. Acts 2, Acts 6, verse 2, New Living. Trained for the final stretch. Yes, we are. So the 12 called the meeting of all the believers, and they said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running food program. Uh-huh. And so, brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and full of the spirit and wisdom. We will give them that responsibility. Then we, apostles, can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. And the passion in verse 3 says, we will give them the reason of the responsibility of this crucial ministry of serving. Realize that the ministry of serving is very crucial. The ministry of helps is so crucial for here. It's just like... Um, I remember, like, I, I grew up in the hospitality industry, and I've been a, a cook, I've been a buyer, I've been a purchaser, I've been all of that stuff all through the hotels. But you know what? In a restaurant, most per important person is a dishwasher. The most important person is a dishwasher. Because if you get a dirty plate, a dirty fork, a dirty anything, you're done. And that place will close. So there is no low jobs. Every job is highly important. The dishwashers that I worked with, a lot of those guys, they, they took their job very seriously. Seriously. Because they knew, man, we got to get, get these dishes out. We got to get them out clean. Huh. We will give them... The responsibility of this crucial ministry of serving. <laughs> Acts 11, verse 19. New living. Because as you go through the book of Acts, and, and I'm, I'm reading through this stuff, and it's like, okay, add, add, serve, add, serve, add, serve. Like, God kept on adding, but our serving had to be added to. We can't have people just sitting in the pews, not doing nothing, because everybody can do something. Everybody can do something. And uh, Acts 11, verse 19. Meanwhile, the believers who had been scattered around uh, during the per persecution after Stephen's death traveled as far as uh, Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, 
of Syria. They preached the word of God, but only to the Jews. Verse 20. However, some of the believers who went to Antioch from Cyprus and Cyrene uh, began preaching to the Gentiles about the Lord Jesus and the power of the Lord was with them. See, you start preaching the word, the power follows. Get ready. And a large number of these Gentiles believed and turned to the Lord. Well, who looked after them? Who looked after them? We get these people, you know, you get them saved, but don't leave them. And just say, oh, well, I got, uh, I got 15 people saved today. Yeah, what'd you do with them? Well, send them home. <laughs> and, and, I'm glad it didn't happen to me that way. Somebody took me under their wing. Well, pastor did. You need to have, some, you know, mentors. Yeah. Mentors. Because you pour into new people what you've received. Come on, all you guys have something. Everybody has something. I remember back in the day when, we first, when I first started coming to the church, pastor told me, he said, as long as I stay a day ahead of the congregation, I'm okay. As long as I stay a day ahead. What was he saying? He gets his orders from above, and he follows through, and he delivers those orders. Just a day. And that same thing is going to be for you. Stay a day ahead of the people you're mentoring. Gets easy. I mentored uh, the right Reverend James. Come on now. We spent a lot, of, and you know, I, it wasn't hard to, to, to mentor him. What did we do? We hung out. We talked Bible. We also watched Pinky and the Brain <laughs> a lot. But hey, you, you got to be real and you got to have some fun. Right? We just would have sat there. Um, okay, well, let's just pray for like 18 hours when I just first met you. Um, no. No. Hard no. <laughs> Verse 22 in Acts 11. When the church at Jerusalem heard what had happened, had happened, they sent to Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw this evidence of God's blessing, he was filled with joy, and he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. 24, Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit, strong in faith. Many people were brought to the Lord. In the Passion, it says, because of his ministry, even more crowds of people were brought to the Lord. Because of your ministry, because of your faithfulness, those people that were getting ready to go into this new era, this new community that we're about ready to infiltrate, they're going to come to you. They're going to come to you. Hey, you part of that new church? Yep. What do you want to know? Well. Well. <laughs> 25. Barnabas went on to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him in verse 26, he brought him back to Antioch. Both of them stayed there with the church for a full year, teaching large crowds of people. Teaching. Teaching. And it was at Antioch that the believers were first called Christians. In the Passion, in verse 26, it says, um, Together, Saul and Barnabas ministered there for a full year, equipping and growing the church and teaching the vast number of new converts. That's going to be our job. 
Well, you know, people say, well, God, give me something to do. Well, that's going to be your job, teaching and, and growing and equipping the church, teaching the vast member of converts. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to come in wanting to know what's going on here. How do you do what you do? Why do you do what? You better be able to give an answer of why you do what you do. They're going to ask you. And they can tell Shinola if you're just puffing smoke at them, they'll know, right? So you need to be sure that you're sure because you know. You've been equipped. You have been trained for the final stretch. So it's going to come very easy. It's going to come so easy. Easy like Sunday morning. <laughs> Wow. Amen. <laughs> In Ephesians chapter 4, um, <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Um, in, in verse 11, King James, I think it's King James. I didn't put down. Anyways, I think it is. Uh, and it says, he, Jesus, gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some, some teachers for the perfecting of the saints, or the maturing of the saints, for the work of the ministry, come on now, trained for the final stretch, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Why? Till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect person, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. Carried about with every wind of doctrine by the sleight of men, by cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Because there's deceivers out there. There's people out there going to say, well, you know, we're a cult. No, we're not. But speaking the truth in love, come on now, we may grow up into him. In all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies. Everybody has a supply. No matter how big or how small. Stub your, stub your baby toe. Cut your, cut your toenail off a little too, slow, too, too low. Talk to me. You don't think that's important? I'll tell you what. Yes, it is. <laughs> From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, makes increase of the body. See, when everybody does their part, what happens? We increase unto edifying of itself in love. In the Passion, and even uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, in the Passion Translation, I like this. And it says, and he has appointed some with grace to be apostles. You're, you're graced in where you are. Realize, whatever gift that you have, God graced you to have it. It's not like, well, I was born with it. Yeah, well, he, he graced you to have it. Uh-huh. 
some with grace to be prophets, some with grace to be evangelists, some with grace to be pastors, and some with grace to be teachers. In verse 12, and their calling is to nurture and to prepare the holy believers to do their own works of ministry, to do your own work of ministry, not somebody else's job, but do your own. Because nobody's going to do what you do the way you do it, because God called you to do it. God did not call you to be me. You're not loud enough. Praise the Lord. And God did not call me to be you. Their calling is to nurture and prepare the holy belie- all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. And as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. See, when you do what you're called to do, <laughs> each one bring one, we double. I know it's deep. We want the church to grow. Each one bring one, and we double. Hmm. Romans 12, verses 6 to 8 in the Passion. God's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts and ministries that are new, uniquely yours or ours. Your, I would say yours. So if God has given you the grace gift of prophecy, then you must activate your gift by using the proportion of the faith you have to prophesy. In other words, whatever it is you do, do it. If your grace giving, uh, grace gift is serving, then thrive in serving others well. If you have the grace gift of teaching, then be actively teaching and training others. If you have a grace gift of encouragement, then, then use it often to encourage others. Because what happens? The more you encourage, you get encouraged yourself. Mm-hmm. If you have a grace gift of giving to meet the needs of others, then you, may, uh, then you may prosper in your generosity without any fanfare. If you have the gift of leadership, be passionate about your leadership. And if you have the gift of showing compassion, then flourish in your cheerful display of compassion. In other words, be nice to people. Be sweet. Don't be all hard. That's not going to fill your church. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, whatever your gift is, is do it with all your might, and you, can, and you can practice, you can develop your gift right here. You can. Uh, Ecclesiastes 9 verse 10, whatever your hand finds you to do, do it with all your might. Whatever you do, do it well. Whatever turns up, grab it and do it wholeheartedly. <laughs> do it. Just do it. Um. Some of you, Pastor Gary has sent a prayer from St. Patrick of the 4th century A.D. And um, I made copies, and they're going to be back at the, uh, at the desk on your way out if you want some. But it says, I'm risen with Christ. Through him I live every day. I'm bound to him. There where he is, there I am too. That which he is, that I am too. That which he does, that I do too. That which he says, that I say too. That which is subject to him is also subject to me. That which is obedient to him is also obedient to me. Then he says, I live by the power of his resurrection. I live from his fullness. I live from all his blessings. I live from his righteousness. Then it says in the next part, Jesus Christ, he is before me and behind me. He is under me and over me. He is with me and in me. He is on my right and on my left. He is with me when I wake up in the morning. He is with me when the day is hard and difficult. He is with me when things don't work out. He thinks for me. 
He speaks to me. He sees me. I live today by the power of the heavens, by the power of the Holy Spirit. He said that every day. I know, I got that. Did you get that? What's going to happen? You start saying that. Woo! So, yeah, when you, I gave a bunch, where's, do you have them? Good. So on your way out, um, visit the, uh, see, in a new place, I'll be able to say, go to the Connect Center. <laughs> and the Connect Center personnel will be able to give you the piece of paper. But now, on your way out, go to the paid center if you want a copy. And um, if you want, a, um, if you want a, uh, an electronic copy so you can paste it into your Bible or whatever you want to do, just uh, send me an email. I'll figure it out. So um, one way to volunteer and help this church by fulfilling the call and desires that God has placed in you well, you look around the church and, you know, there, there's people that we are in need of. There's departments that are, we are seriously in need of, and especially when we go to the new place. Um, altar workers, come on. They're coming. And we don't have enough. Camera people, um, work, people working with Chris in the, in the media and camera, children's church, computer operators, um, greeters, hospitality, little ones, media, musicians, singers. Come on. If we, if we started going to three times, three, week, three services a week, we need singers. We need musicians, right? Security. We need more of that. Uh, sound techs, seniors ministry. We don't know what, uh, what the, um, the average age of the people that are in that neighborhood, but there's a pile, like there, all of these, um, what are they? They're, they're, they Townhouses, I think. Are they townhouses? Yeah. And so there they are. We got a cul-de-sac. Hours. Tons. Amen. Waiting for us. Outreach. We need to, we need to have somebody that's going to feel the need to set up an outreach team that's going to go and knock on doors and just ask them, hey, you know what? We're the new church in the neighborhood. And we just want to know if we can pray for you. Do you have any needs? What are you going to do? That's not hard. And I'm not saying pass out tracks, because don't do that. Don't do that. No, just can we, you know, can we pray for you? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Why? You've been trained for the final stretch. You got this. And when you start to think about it, you watch. God is going to, because he already knows the plans that he has for you, but he's going to start to reveal them to you in the night seasons. When you, when you start to lay your head on the pillow and, and you start looking around and you start thinking about 36 Brookshire, the new place. Lord, how can I be a blessing here? What is it you want me to do? And then get ready because he's going to, but, you know, and he'll empower you to do what he's called you to do. So you're not going to be doing, you know, you're not going to be here on, on your own. Amen. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.